Storm Bowling Products. The Bowler's Company presents the Storm Collegiate Spotlight with Steve Klimkin and Tim Berg. Storm's Executive Director of Marketing and Above180.com's Tim Berg are going to introduce a variety of collegiate players, coaches, and key people involved in promoting the sport of bowling. Now, here's Coach K and Tim Berg. Joining us on the Storm Collegiate Spotlight podcast is Verity Crawley. Verity recently won her first PWBA event. Verity also bowled collegiately at Weber International University. Verity, it's Tim Berg and Coach K. Steve Klemkin here. Thanks for joining us today. Thank you so much for having me. All right, well, we have to begin. You bowled not too long ago in Portland, Maine. Just a crazy environment, your first time there bowling. Let's, uh, as you've had a chance to reflect on things, what was that experience like? And then uh, walk us through that because that's something, as bowlers, we're not used to having people being hooping and hollering and loud and crazy the whole time from when you, you know, pick up the ball to, to when you, you know, the ball uh, hits the lane. Yeah, it was such a phenomenal experience. It's something that I'd not experienced either. Obviously, at tournaments, you're used to having some fans and they might be cheering, but they're not normally cheering as you're stood on the approach and you're literally about, you know, a foot away from them. So I was very nervous at first that it was going to feel quite off-putting, but I actually feel like it just kind of boosted the adrenaline. It, It made bowling more exciting and I felt like I wanted to strike for them. You know, I wanted to be able to give them something to cheer for Um, and my nerves actually started to go away um, because I was just enjoying the moment so much. In looking at it I mean watching from the matches uh, from when your show was on and then from the from the night before that as well we were seeing it looked like there was a couple of different ways you could play the lanes it looked like you kind of settled in on uh, using a ball I think it was a one of the hustles that was a little bit more kind of controllable and a little straighter line is that is that kind of yeah, safe I to think say? The biggest, the biggest thing for me is I started to see in previous matches where they started to get a little bit cliffed. Um, and normally when that happens, you know, the friction is too responsive, but then you miss, miss in and there's still so much oil there for you to 810. So I really wanted to mm-hmm. avoid that happening. And my A game is to obviously get left and hook it, but I didn't want to do that when there was so much friction to the right, which is why I ended up going with a, a smoother ball that doesn't flare as much. So I could kind of, stay on top of the cliff more so and play a little straighter Mm. and you'll see if anyone actually watched the match the shot in the second and the third were a little bit in and I I mean I got went through the face both shots and got six yeah and then I guess the one thing too let's let's back up and talk you you also you you got your first PWBA title winning the greater Nashville Open that had to be, you know, let's let's walk through that because you've been so very close so many times. What do you think this go around, this tournament, this stepladder finals actually, what do you think it was? What was the couple of keys that actually put you over the top? I think it was just confidence. You know, I think the biggest difference in me this year to previous years is that I actually now have a lot more belief that I can win. So when I get into that stepladder match, you know, I, I believe that I can win the match and move on. And I actually see myself, you know, holding the trophy. Whereas in previous years, as much as I, I know I could have done it, I think deep down, I didn't fully have that belief. Um, and I was just very comfortable on that show. You know, all week I felt like the lanes played to my A game and, I was so happy to be able to do that. And I just felt comfortable. I had great ball motion. And when I was on the show, I, I also had great ball motion. And it was kind of just a, 
my chance to take advantage of that and do what I love best. Now, and I got to tell you, these podcasts normally don't go like this, but this is, now I have to get back to the ball motion again. So Tim, <laughs> Tim starts out, and then I go to ball motion. And we're going. I'm going to do the same thing again, and just because this one, it, it seemed to me, uh, you know, looking at the pro motion, the the ball that you had selected, and that was one that you used mm-hmm. in the in the uh, the block to qualify for the finals, and that's yep. also a ball that has a real unique shape to it mm-hmm. and it wasn't one that I think that I've seen in too many other players bags anybody else have the promotion there and what did Honestly, that ball give not, you yeah so I didn't see it in anyone else's bag um it's actually a ball that I drilled at the Queens because I was just looking for that smooth shape that the promotion creates so mm-hmm. yeah I just felt like obviously we were what we were bowling on I just felt like it it was the perfect ball to kind of blend out the pattern. And it also went through the pins very well. That was something that Mm. was really important was to try and get that temping out. And I feel like that ball did that very well. And it just, you know, it wasn't, wasn't too responsive. I, it meant that if I caught it a little bit, I still got away with it. And that's one of my, you know, one of my biggest misses sometimes is to get around the ball a little bit too much. Um, And that ball allowed me to do that and get away with it. And I, it I, was really a fantastic combination. Sorry, Tim. It was the, the just seeing the ball, just like you had mentioned there, seeing the shape on the lane. I mean, it was uh, it was reading it so well. And I think when you see that, just as a bowler, you then execute that much better too, right? Yeah, exactly. I mean, I would love to see the Specto report from those three games, just to kind of see because I felt like every shot was online, and I did exactly what I wanted to do. So I would love to actually mm. see whether that was the case or not. I actually have yet to go back and watch um, the stepladder finals. That's definitely something that I want to do, just to kind of relive the moment again. But yeah, I was just so I was in such a comfortable part of the lane. I knew my ball motion was good. I saw the picture of the lane very clear, like I made small adjustments when I needed to. And in obviously, if you watch the match back, I actually try a couple of different balls in the fill shots of each match because I thought that there was going to be a chance that the promotion look was going to go away. In my head, I actually thought that I was going to be getting out of the promotion after game one and I was probably going to throw the IQ tour. So I was trying things in the fill shots to decide what I was going to throw in the next match, but I just kept sticking with the promotion and it looked phenomenal. It's funny how that works sometimes. We're like trying to think of if, you know, it's like we're trying to put the ball away and then it's like, nope, it's the one I should be throwing. It's the one I should be using. And, <laughs> exactly. Um, I'm just glad that I, I'm glad that I trusted it and I didn't, you know, try and talk myself out of it and feel like, oh, it's going to go away soon. And obviously sometimes you base it off qualifying. So, Sometimes you look too much of what happened previously versus really focusing on what's happening on the moment. And I think I did a very good job on that on the show is just, okay, stay in the moment. And what is my ball telling me now? What adjustments do I need to make now? Is that something you recognized during qualifying or during the practice session that you're like, hey, this ball looks uh, looks really good here? Or, or was it something from the pattern that you, you had uh, – kept in your memory bank in your head that you had you had noticed or, or I'm curious as to what like Steve said what would lead you to that that choice well obviously normally in the practice session I look at the pattern and I go through the balls that I think might match up well to the pattern um, that was already a ball that I had in the back of my mind I did throw it in the practice session before the event started and then 
you know, in, in qualifying, it was just kind of the ball I migrated to and every day um, it looked very good. The only block that it didn't really look that great on was the round of 12. Um, the lanes were a lot tighter that round um, and it didn't look as good. And I did actually consider maybe hitting it with some surface for the TV show, but I wanted to wait until I got onto the TV show pair to decide what I was going to do. And I ended up not actually hitting it with any surface. Well, I tell you what, what a, what a awesome experience. And, and you'll, you will need to go back and watch that show uh, as soon as you can, because I can tell, like you said, your I, shot making was just mm-hmm. absolutely spot on. It was, uh, it was fantastic. Um, let's, let's talk just a little bit now too. This is the storm collegiate spotlight podcast and, uh, you were a national champion from Weber, uh, down there in Florida and Kegel, uh, training centers right there. Talk a little bit about your experience in college and then maybe the difference or the similarities, uh, that there were between winning a national championship with your whole team versus winning on the PWBA national tour, you know, as just, as just yourself as an individual player. I'm very lucky that I had the opportunity to be at Weber and train at Kegel for four years. It's definitely something that I feel like it's kind of formed me into the player I am today. I think that collegiate bowling is the perfect stepping stone to go from junior or amateur level to the professional level. I don't think that I would have become professional if I hadn't have experienced what I experienced in college. And Obviously, being able to train at Kegel was a huge advantage because I had access to the best coaches in the world and all of the, you know, equipment and tools that they have. So that obviously propelled me um, just because I learned so much being there. And then obviously, when you're in the team environment, you're bowling with other people who have that same common goal as you do. And I think that that's such a cool feeling to know that you're up on the approach and there's seven other people behind you that want the exact same goal and they want the exact same thing that you do. So that's a really cool experience. And obviously winning a national championship is before I came to the U S I didn't really know what a national championship was, honestly. And Mm -hmm. then when I got here, obviously that's, the biggest thing that you can do you know in your collegiate career and that was always that became the end goal every year you want to make it to nationals you want to make a you want to win a collegiate championship and I was fortunate enough to win two NAIA championships and then also the ITC collegiate national championship and it's such a different feeling bowling with your team than it is bowling as an individual because obviously when I was with my team I had so many people behind me you know it was a huge celebration and you've all worked together day in and day out you know you practice every day with one another some of those girls I bowled with for four years so you have such a special connection with them whereas when you're competing on tour you're by yourself like you have friends and you have people that you room with and you have people that support you but it's not the same you know I'm, I'm training by myself I'm working on my game by myself and I'm doing it all for me versus doing it all for the team. Verity one of the things we'll hear on these interviews is the Weber way And can you explain to us what the Weber way is and what that uh, entails? Yeah, so that's kind of something that Weber has created from the beginning. And it's really just their philosophy and how they want the the program to be won or to be run, sorry. So it's all about the attitude of the players. It's about being 
patient and present and there's actually four different aspects of it that they like to kind of talk about and it's, it's really just about your attitude as a person and how you are going to be as a person on the lanes as a person off the lanes and just as a bowler in general and it's just kind of what the the values that the program live by mm, yeah that's uh that's i mean there's a, a whole lot of truth in there that uh, you know and really you're, as far as saying that maybe the the person that you are uh off the lanes you, you know depending on what that is that that may very well just affect your uh you know not just your performance uh as a bowler but just kind of you know it's hard to just specifically be one way here and a different way over here it's one has to affect the other and it's probably all sort of intertwined Right, exactly. I mean, if you're a really negative person off the lanes and you're really hard on yourself and you doubt yourself, there's no chance that when you step onto the lanes, you've automatically got this on-off switch to where you become completely different. You know that you're still going to have that same kind of attitude that you have off the lanes. So that's kind of what Weatherway was about. It was about, so it's, it's patient and present, patient and present, striving for excellence, mm. constant learning, and there is another one which is slipping my mind right now. Get back to me on that one. <laughs> <laughs> well, the constant learning, I mean, I do know that is something that we've spoken with and we've heard a little bit from different, you know, uh, whether it's like a sports psychologist or like a Dr. Dean or um, mm-hmm. just in, in other aspects. I mean, if you have a, a, a mindset that, that there's always more to learn uh, and there's room to grow and room to improve, that typically ends up, you end up having, you know, better uh, results in performance rather than just, well, that's just the way it is. And it's kind of like a defeatist, you know, kind of an attitude versus actually growing and seeking and learning. Yeah, definitely. I think you have to look at the top athletes in the world, um, you know, whether it's Tom Brady or whoever it is, like they're always learning, you know, they're always watching tapes of themselves or they're always working on their mental game. They're always doing something to better themselves and they're always doing something to improve. They're never just, they never just win and then kind of stay at the same level and don't push harder. They, they always work harder and they always want to learn more because there's always going to be people behind them that are learning more and more and more. And eventually, if you stop, those people behind you are going to overtake you. And Verity, I know you've, you've spoken at length about this in other places, but in the time when you were over in England and you weren't able to bowl, what were some of your key takeaways from from that period and how how uh, and how things uh, how things were and, and what were you able to learn from them as you look back on it? Wow, it was hard. Um, I think the biggest thing that it taught me was to really appreciate the little things and to live in the moment a little bit more. You know, you you never know when something or even someone is going to be taken away from you you know I had bowling taken away from me my grandfather also passed away so I kind of experienced those two things being taken away from me in such a it was so quick and it was so unexpected that it just really made me want to appreciate the moment and really stay present you know it's so easy for well, the world is so fast paced and everything kind of just flies by that sometimes we forget to truly enjoy ourselves and appreciate what's around us. I think that that was, those were kind of the biggest takeaways that I took from being home. And I really think that I have truly kind of built that into my bowling this year on tour. And I think that's a huge reason why I've been bowling so much better than I have previous seasons. Well, I tell you, the uh, you know, if you think for a second that you know exactly what's coming next, and something like COVID hits, 
I mean, it, it kind of it sort of spins spins you spins you around and around. That's for sure. Yeah, you you never know what to expect. You know, you never know what's going to happen the next day. So you kind of just have to live every day your best and make the most of it. Yeah. Hey, final final question I've got for you, Verity. Now, um, there, there's still a lot more bowling going on uh, on the PWBA Tour this season, but one of the exciting tournaments uh, that's coming up, I know it's one you look forward to, and you have a, a fantastic partner uh, again. He's pretty um, good. In West, he's pretty good. He has he's he's won a tournament <laughs> or two. He can bowl a bit. That West just Malak. a couple, yeah. And <laughs> yeah, so t- tell us a little bit how you you bowled with him uh, before as well, and, and tell us a little bit about how you got paired up with him what it's like to and are there any strategies you guys have going into the lucy uh and uh you know what what are you doing to kind of get ready for that i actually just got very lucky in in having such a good partner in him um and i remember it really well because i i was at weber at the time and i was actually working out in the gym and i got a text from tommy jones and he said would you like to bowl the lucy with wesma lot and I'm just like, is that even a question? Of course I would love to bowl the Lucy with Wesma Lot. And it just skyrocketed. Well, everything kind of formed from there. It, his partner had dropped out and I ended up getting asked. And he's been stuck with me since then. So we don't necessarily have a game plan apart from that we have decided we're both going to bowl good at the same time. Because apart from the first year that we have bowled together, we have never both bowled good at the tournament right so last year he bought the last lucy he bowled very good the one prior to that i bowled very good so it's time that we both bowl good at the same time but um, i'm really looking forward to it yeah it's just such a good event it's for such a good cause um and obviously i am going to have a little bit of a break now until the lucy so I'm just going, I'm actually in England, so I'm going to be preparing. Um, I will be able to bowl in England, and then I will come back about a week prior to the Lucy. Um, I'll probably drill some new bowling balls for the event, and I actually go straight from the Lucy to a PWBA event. We have three events at the ITRC, so I'll also be getting ready for that one. All right. Well, Verity Crawley, want to thank you for being here today on the Storm Collegiate Spotlight Podcast. All the best of luck with everything you have going forward, and uh, and we will be catching up with you again down the road. Thank you guys very much for having me.